Good morning, Jim Booth, the discipleship pastor here at Glen Meadows Baptist Church, along with the senior pastor, Mac Roller, as we jump into week seven Mm -hmm. of the second part of our curriculum book titled Daniel and jump into uh, a awesome passage that really helps us understand the word of God. Amen. And uh, man, I I just can't say enough for what we're experiencing uh, in this series. And actually, Mm -hmm. now this series kicks off this week. Is yes. that is that correct, Pastor? That's true. Starting this Sunday, talking about what we believe. What and we believe. So, I don't know if you know, but we have a lot of new people who are attending, a lot of young believers, and you know they're asking all kinds of questions. Uh, my wife has taken a, a girl who's a new believer. I'm taking a guy who's a new believer through just some discipleship and just watching their eyes open to basic truth and how it changes their life has been Amen. so refreshing. And so... We just decided to take the next few weeks. In fact, it'll go through the summer of looking at what we believe and just kind of do a systematic view of some of the major teachings in the Bible and how it affects our lives. And so the first, which would be logical, is uh, revelation, what we believe about the Bible. And uh, what's really interesting is just to go ahead and admit, man, God's invisible and we don't hear his voice uh, verbally. Uh, you don't. I mean, I mean, there may be some occasions that you find in Scripture where God's voice was loud or people actually saw an angel or whatever, but there is a, a barrier between us and God, and it's there because of sin, and God has done everything to communicate to us in spite of this curtain or this cloud of flesh. And one of the primary ways He does it is through natural revelation, which is just sky and trees and birds and all that you can see with your eye and measure in a telescope or a microscope, but also through the Bible, so specifically, and that would be divine revelation. So natural revelation would be what you see, feel, touch here. Divine revelation is, you know, a prime example is the Bible. And so what do we believe about the Bible? So uh, as we look at this, this is God's effort, God's perfect way of speaking to us you know, penetrating through the flesh uh, and because of sin, that here we have the written word that's given by the Holy Spirit, by divine revelation, and now we have it so perfectly in front of us. Now, one of the things that that I always remind myself, and as you said, divine revelation uh, uh, of God speaking to us is through his word. Yes. And um, I have to remind myself when I'm reading God's word of that fact, because often when when I open it up, if, if my heart isn't prepared to receive God's uh, uh, written word as a spoken word from God, mm-hmm. then I miss a lot of what's being said. Yes. Um, because th- then I go academic. Yes. Rather than uh, relational. Yes. Does that make sense? Or Absolutely. In yeah. fact, when you start, I mean, obviously we study the Bible, we investigate the Bible, and we learn so much, and we're told to do that. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, you know, in Proverbs, it talks about it is it is the privilege of God to hide uh, the secrets from the kings, but yet it's the, the wisdom of the kings to seek it out. The Lord speaks of, you will know me when you search for me with all of your heart. And all of us have Amen. grown and been blown away by digging into Scripture and looking at the nuances, the way things have been said, and just the beauty of it. But there comes a point where it just becomes... Uh, a tool or a textbook or just something, some type, something just academic. And we want to approach Scripture academically with all of our mind, absolutely. But Amen. if it doesn't penetrate the heart, 
um, we have a problem. We have a serious problem. You know, one of, one of my favorite passages before we jump in comes out of, as you say that, is Proverbs chapter 2. Yes. And, and, and it, it talks about searching and seeking uh, for the wisdom of God. Amen. And um, that, that, that's the, uh, the beautiful part. It says, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure. Yes. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord, discover knowledge uh, of God. And it's like, do I, do I seek for it like that? Have you yes. ever gone on a gold hunt or have you ever yes. dug for something in the ground or watched a movie, uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark or, or an archaeology movie where, where it's just this massive discovery of, of whatever it is yes. and, and you find it. And it's like, do I search for God's in God's word to know God yes. like that? Mm. Am I, am I, am I scraping away at earth? Right. To find that treasure inside. And, and that, that, that's the beauty of, uh, do we see God like that? You know, one of the advantages of watching Jesus on earth is he slowed things down for everybody. And uh, he wasn't held captive to urgency or adrenaline or emergencies where we are. And so what it's left us with is a microwave mentality of spirituality mm. to where we want it instantly. We want people to give us the answers. We want to feel better tomorrow. We don't ever want to deal with pain. Pain is of the devil, you know, et cetera. And I'm not, I'm not promoting pain, but here's my point, is that with Scripture and with the things that are spiritual, it has to cost you. And it costs us self. And it's part of the humility. It's part of a heart God breaking. Well, I mean, face it. Look, the reason we, we talked about there's a, there's a barrier between us and God, and God is invisible, and God is on the other side of the flesh, is because of sin. And so the reality is that there is sin in our heart, and and you can actually approach Scripture, and, and the Scripture tells us this, if you've got sin in your heart, if you're not confessed up, if you will, and we'll look at that in just a second, and if you're not willing to be humble before the Lord, then you're not going to learn anything. God's mm. going to hide the true riches and the true wisdom from you. And I've, I've spoken to people, and they would talk uh, like they don't understand, which they didn't. And they tried to read Scripture, and it didn't make any sense. And then we started prying in their heart, and this actually has happened. I can tell you the name of the guy. I can tell you where I was when he said it. But then we, we started prying, and, and then I just said this. I just said, what about, have you ever confessed sins to the Lord? And he says, I've never sinned. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I, I don't think I sin. And then, so automatically, ding, 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 red lights come on. And so here's this guy's problem. He's not humble. So God can't speak to anybody who's prideful. It takes humility. So You know that verse, God, I, I, I always think of this one. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Yes. So, we, so, so I don't want to neglectfully read that verse and say, okay, pride is bad and, and humility is good. I, I want to read that verse as it says. What is it like to be in having God be in opposition to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's one way to guarantee that God will reject you? Pride. Ooh. So if, if I'm like today, if I'm really wanting God to lead me and guide me today, if I plan on getting in, which I do, in the Word of God or have, and I'm studying it, I better be humble and just say, God, where do you want to change me before I start looking for uh, just nuances of arguments within the Bible? You know. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, re reading, reading the passage, just so everybody knows, we are in Psalms chapter 19, verses 7 through 14, and super stoked to, to hear uh, uh, 
uh, Pastor Mac this Sunday. Uh, if you, you're in San Angelo or the, the Tom Green County and you're wondering where you need to be on Sunday, I'm going to go ahead and make that question you have very simple. You need to be here yeah. worshiping with us and hearing what Pastor Mac has to say mm-hmm. about uh, God's word this Sunday. Um, as, as we unpack this scripture... Hey, can I ask a question? Yes, sir. Isn't this going to be posted after I preach? I'm just asking. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I just... Uh. So so the correct answer is yes, Pastor. Okay, okay, I, I missed okay. the boat on that one. And then, but, then the, the makeup answer will be I'll run to Megan and say, hey, throw this out a day early. Okay. okay in case okay, anybody okay. listens to it and they need to okay. come. So... Okay, um, but but the next but Sunday, right. whenever you hear it, yeah, the yeah. next Sunday, you may come to church and fellowship with us, and we'll have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, no, that's all right. <laughs> uh, hey, we're just real people making real mistakes. Yeah. Um, right. What are some of the passages uh, uh, used to describe in the scriptures? Is one of the questions. Um, why do we ask that question? Uh, what are some words this passage uses to describe scripture? Is because we're trying to open up the mind of God's word and, and, and what it's saying. And it helps us uh, bring into context. Amen. Um, Amen. The, the passages within this verse. And so, so some of the questions that came up in, in, in life group pastor that we uh, dealt with is what are precepts? Mm, mm. Um, uh, that, that was the first thing that kind of shot out there. Cause you know, sometimes, you know, you yeah. get in a group of all uh, people who've read the Bible for 20 years and you don't want to ask a simple question because you've right. read the word a thousand times, but we actually wondered what it was. Can you help us with that? Yeah, precepts. You can say principles that never change. You know, uh, precept upon precept upon precept. So you build foundations of spiritual thoughts based on the elementary truths, and then you and then you grow up and you you begin to learn more and more. So foundational truth is a precept that you build upon. Uh, Good. And and so that's why studying uh, what do we believe about the Bible is so essential, and that the Bible is the Word of God. It's God's divine, immediate revelation that is without error, is inspired, which means God's guarantee of accuracy. So when we say the Bible is inspired, we're not saying it's like you know um, some like some famous singer sings the national anthem and you say, "Man, I'm so inspired." That's called motivation. That's how inspired is used, like motivation. But what we're talking about, inspiration, the inspiration of Scripture is God-breathed word that he spoke it, man wrote it, it, through their personality, through their context, through their experience, and it's his guarantee of accuracy. And so, so we can count on God's word to build precepts in our life. Well, that's really good. Yeah. And one, one of the other things that came up, and uh, uh, we don't want to uh, to rabbit trail, but it's in this passage. Yes. Uh, and so uh, one of the things that came up in the passage is, uh, what is a healthy fear of the Lord? Hmm. How do we have a healthy fear for hmm. the Lord? And uh, here, here was a blunt question. Why should we fear the Lord? Yeah. Um, uh, why, why do I have to, uh, to be afraid of God? And so um, there was clarity. We need to bring what it means to be afraid and what it means to have a healthy fear and the differences between those. Can you help us with that? Yeah. So uh, the, uh, when, we, when we talk about who God really is in his essence, in his nature, and we know he's loving, he's kind, he's forgiving and all this, but also uh, not in contrast, but in union, he is dreadful and hateful. I mean, the scripture says there are things God hates, and God 
So God has a character of hate and wrath and judgment. And out of anybody in the universe you don't want to tick off, it's God. Because of his vengeance is eternal. His, he, he, there is a hell that is created. And it's, it's not just a motivation to make people feel good. That's not the point of hell. That's not the point of judgment, trying to motivate people to be good. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, not his judgment. His judgment is flat out against his enemies. And you don't ever want to be on the other side of God's judgment, ever. I mean, his son endured that for us so we wouldn't have to. So it doesn't mean that God ceases to be holy and awesome and all-powerful just because he forgives. It's, 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 it's dreadful to be caught in the hands of a holy God. And I think we never should forget that. And I don't think we should ever be flippant about the Lord and the Scripture. To be fair, to be open and honest about what the Scripture says about the character of God in his, vengeance, uh, his vengeance and judgment, we need to speak the truth. And that is, God is holy. And so there needs to be a fear. Now, what is healthy fear? Now that we've been adopted in Jesus Christ, we've accepted Jesus as our sin bearer, and I hope everybody gets this, we are not to be afraid of God, we're not to be afraid of Him, but respect and reverence should always be in our heart for God. And so that's the way that we should use the word fear, not to be afraid of as though He's going to backhand us as a Christian. That's not true. We are to just have reverence. And, and so I think that's the way the, the Scripture portrays the Lord. And I, I, I look at it from, um, from a very simplistic mind. <laughs> uh, for me to understand it is uh, mm. I, I don't want to become a spoiled brat mm. Um, uh, mm. Uh, towards God's holiness, mm. to, towards his glory. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is that um, I, I don't, it's not fair of me to have an unrealistic view of only one of God's attributes as if it stands alone by itself. Right. He right. is a loving, graceful, merciful God, mm. but he is just. Yes. He, uh, he is true. Yes. And, and to, to recognize God in his, his entire attributes and not because what happens is if I view God as loving yes and only loving and don't see his wrath don't see the just justice of God and don't view on those things that then I become flippant on the things of God yes uh, spoiled brat yes. well now it's it's dad's only the gift giver not, not not the the bar setter not the rule maker not he's not those things he just simply allows me to run around and do whatever i want true because daddy will take care of everything true and so that's what i mean for yeah. me it's like don't become a spiritual brat yeah we live in a very <clears throat> permissive society mm. and and we we live in a very forgiving society i mean other countries they don't have a thing such as bankruptcy you go to prison right. you know we have a very forgiving permissive country we have first warning second warning third warnings and so we need to be careful that we don't transpose that onto God, that he isn't vengeful or wrathful. But let me, let me address the other side of this, too. When we talk about God as Father, I'm sure there's some that are listening, and I hope it's very, very few, that maybe have seen abusive fathers or maybe even had an abusive father. And when we talk about God as vengeful and even having hate towards things, you've transposed an unjust view of God and because you might have had an unjust father or you know of an unjust father. Mm. And we need to be very, very careful not to bring that type of vision of God into the picture because God defines himself. And so if we use the word father and someone has had a, a very bad father 
maybe abandoned, maybe abused. You know, don't don't transpose that on God. Let the Word of God define who the Father is, and uh, and so He is loving, He is forgiving, but yet we're not to approach Him flippantly. There is to be a reverence, fear before the Lord. Yeah, you know, I, I I do love uh, one of the, the 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 greatest songs in written in our generation. Hmm. So so the, the, uh, I love the hymns. Yes. Oh, I love them. But one song that actually was written uh, uh, in our era hits me. It's called I Can Only Imagine. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's that piece, uh, To My Knees Will I Fall. Yeah. And every time I hear that lyric, there's there, there's a piece of I want to shout, I want to jump, I want to raise my hands, I want to yeah. rejoice. But then that one piece hits me that, that, that where it says, And To My Knees Will I Fall, where all of a sudden I have this reverent hush, like, yeah. yep, I get that. Yeah. It's like, uh-oh. There's a piece where I, I come before a holy God, yes, and yeah. and it's like uh, there's going to be speechlessness. Yes. <laughs> there's going to be awe, yes, before who He is, yes, and God's Word reveals that yes. to us so that we know. One of the questions uh, uh, that I have is uh, in in verse twelve, Pastor. Mm-hmm. It, it says, "Who perceives his unintentional sins." Mm-hmm. Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Where, 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 where's the psalmist heading here? Yeah. So when he, when you look at his transitions through this passage, it first in the in chapter nineteen, it starts with the natural revelation about God. I mean, he, he brings about you know the glory of the of the nature that you can see, um, all the beauty that is there, and then in verse seven he moves into the divine revelation. So he, he talked about the natural revelation. He moves into the divine revelation. Then he moves into a time of confession. So to answer the question, and why is it talking about the internal thoughts? Because God's Word, unlike nature, God's Word can reveal your sin to you faster than anything else. Oh, amen. And as the psalmist is saying, your Word is, and he gives very clear descriptions of it, your Word is perfect. Your Word your word is sure. Mm. Your word is right. Your word is clean. Your word mm. is true. And I desire, verse 10, I desire your word. And then after after looking at it, that he meditates on it, then all of a sudden he goes into cleansing. I need cleansing because the word of God reveals uh, that I'm undone. And then in the, in the midst of the cleansing, then there's healing, you know, and so an outward focus on God turns to an inward revelation yes. of our depravity. Yes. <laughs> so that, I mean, catch this, so that we can be in union with God. It's not, God's not there just trying to make us feel bad. He's saying, listen, you got a tumor and you need, the way to get rid of it is surgically confess it. You know, you know, you have these now, you have these robots that can go in and just pinpoint surgically, remove a problem from your body uh, and then you heal faster. And so the Word of God surgically reveals sin within my heart that when it becomes uh, illuminated or it's enlightened, then I confess it so that that tumor is no longer in the way and my spiritual vital signs return, and I, I know God intimately. So when I look at unintentional sins, what I, what I hear you saying is that when we read God's Word, mm. it exposes within us Mm. areas of our life yes. that would otherwise not be exposed and allows us to bring them before the Father yes, and, and reconcile that sin with Him, repent of it, yeah, um, and confess it. Right. Is that, is that? Exactly. So as we talked about at the very beginning, that there's a barrier between us and God. And so natural revelation speaks to the God that we can't see. Divine revelation speaks specifically 
but along with the Holy Spirit starts removing the sin within our heart as Christians so that we can draw closer to the Lord. And so, yeah, I mean, you can, you can, the, only, <laughs> the only reason we don't see God right now in the flesh is because of sin. And so why, and, and all that sin will be eradicated eventually one day in God's redemptive plan when the full continuation of what happened in the Garden of Eden, we will see in the very end times. But right now in the meantime, we are to, as Christians, we are to confess our sins that he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that we can walk hand in hand with the supreme being. And we, we grow in that because the word of God starts revealing things. You know, it's kind of like this incredible divine revelation of an MRI that just <laughs> reveals things, or, or what's the other kind of x-ray? What's that called? Uh, there's an Cat MRI. Scan, Cat scan. scan. Yeah, Cat CT. Yeah. And then we start seeing, let's get rid of that, let's get rid of this. But most people aren't willing to sit in front of the Word of God under the influence of the Holy Spirit to allow the Word of God to do surgery on our heart. David here shows us exactly how to do it. Man, my mind goes through the entire uh, uh, Psalter as as I think of what David's uh, in Psalms one thirty nine, search my heart, O God. Yeah, yeah. You know, see if there be any wicked way in me. And I'm thinking, yeah, David had a pattern. It's just not in in, in one chapter of the entire book. Yeah, David had it going on when it came to his intimate relationship with God. Yes, and models it to us, verse in, verse out, chapter in, chapter out. Yes, watching him. Amen. It's beautiful the way this flows through here. So it says, uh, moreover, keep your servants from willful sin. Do not let them rule over me. So he's doing what you said here. He's he, he Now he's coming to that point of, then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. And, and here, here's the other key part. What does he mean by meditation of my heart? Yeah. So your heart's thinking about something. And you really are the sum total of what you're thinking about, right? You are the sum total of what you're thinking about. Yeah. So the wow. most important part of you is what you think about God and what you think God thinks about you. So that interplay, that thought that that drives you, you know, you got the mind, will, and emotion, but the mind is driving the will and the emotions and what you think about has a big bearing on, on your whole life. And, well, as the Scripture said, as a man thinketh, so is he. So the meditations of your heart, um, there are things that I can talk about and— and it gets in my head, and next thing you know, man, I'm wanting to make concrete tables. You know <laughs> why? Because I saw it on Facebook. A guy made a concrete table. The next thing you know, there's nothing wrong with concrete tables. But next thing you know, I'm thinking about thinking about. Now I got a whole new hobby, and now I've got an investment into all this stuff. And and then it finds out nobody wants to buy it. So I've got all this. <laughs> so th- th- that's not that didn't really happen. But I'm just saying. So you end up tabling it. I end up tabling. There you go. Really good. Really good. So I just slide everything under the table. But so, you know what? It's amazing that if you watch what you think about, then your life really changes. So if you let the Lord, through the Word of God, guide your thoughts by meditating, marinating on the Word of God. In fact, actually, it, this whole this whole par, this whole Psalms gives us an outline. So in you know, verse 14, it's speaking of you got to read it, then reflect on it, meditate. Then memorize, you know, really put it in, then recount it, share it with other people, as David did, and then, and then actually respond to it. You know, I'm, I love the order you put that in hmm. um, because 
the the times I have my best memorization first has come meditation. Yeah. And you know, uh, folks, we're not talking about uh, um, meditation from a sense of how the world might see that word. Right. Um, I use that word because I understand it biblically. Yes. Uh, guys, meditation is that calm calming of your heart and where your focus and your thoughts and, and all your being is focused on the things of God. Yes. It, it's those moments of, think of David in the shepherd's field um, before he became king and all those moments with God where he's, mm. he's, he's, he's allowing God to reveal himself to him. Right. And, and so when, when those moments happen is when I memorize scripture. Yes. You know, when, when I, I read a scripture and I think, uh, you know, I, I read one time in Jeremiah, his word is in my heart, uh, my, like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. Yes. I get weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I never set to memorize that verse. Hmm. The verse happened because I thought on it. Yes. I dwelled on it. Right. And then all of a sudden, I memorized a verse. Right. Yeah. So I love the order you put it in. Because yeah. it's like, that's how, that's how God's word seats in us. That's exactly right. <laughs> Listen, everybody can memorize. Everybody can. Yes, sir. I mean, we we have so much in our head, and it just happens. No, look, I'm an old man now. I got grandkids. I don't memorize like I used to. I mean, I man, it, it doesn't. But however, whatever I can memorize, I should. And whatever my capacity is, and here's how I, I do it. If I if I read it ten times, if I write it ten times, uh, and then I use it that day, it's interesting. The next day, I I can write it pretty well. I may miss a word here and there, but I can get it. And when I use it. Gosh, it just seems to stay. You know, and, and I love the, the what you say there. Again, you've got it in the right order. Yeah. Because if you, you meditate on it and you memorize it, you're going to use it. Yes. It becomes uh, part of the DNA. Uh, some of your verses you use, I never had to work to memorize because you had gone through the process and you say them over and over again. And so First John 1, 9, boom, boom, I know it. Right. Well, why do I know it? Because you knew it. Why do, right. why do I know you knew it? Because it was an everyday thing in your life that you, you verbalize back out. Yes. And so that's right. We actually help other people memorize. We do. <laughs> we do. I, you know, I've actually, there's been times someone has quoted a verse to me at the right moment. They just gave me a word of truth and it was so impactful that I instantly knew it, memorized it and could recite it because someone, now everybody, everybody learns differently. You know, some are auditory, some are kinetic, some you've got to write it or see it, you know, and so obviously, you know, I'm auditory where if someone says something or if I say it aloud, it helps me learn. But I've had people come up to me and they quote a verse and I'm like, that really is powerful. And I've never forgot it. Yeah. And that that is, you know, do I set out to memorize? Mm. I would say I set out to seek after God. Yes. Meditate on his word so that memorization becomes a byproduct and living it out becomes a culture. Yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, I won't memorize any other way. I'm the guy who has to touch, taste, and feel. Yes. So yeah. dad could tell me all day long, don't stick your hand in the fire, it's hot. <laughs> don't, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And, and, and I'm still saying, um, that's not hot until I get burned. Yes. Uh, but it's the same way with God's word. I want to put it into action. If I, if I go through the process that you just laid out for us and I put it into action, it, it's now cemented, uh, hidden in my heart if I want yeah. to put it into a biblical term. Amen. You Amen. Know, your word, uh, I, I, I've hidden your words in my heart that I might not sit against you. It's, that's right. Amen. Amen. Pastor, I think we're, we're, we're close to our time. This is an exciting one. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think I think what what I hope that that people get out of it and um, is that they do exactly uh, what Pastor Mac is talking about. Are we going to go through the process of of knowing God's word to such a point that those steps that you just laid out for us become a become a, a way of life, a, a culture inside of us? Amen. That we spend more time talking of scripture than we do our own thoughts. Amen. Let <clears throat> read a passage. First of all, get in a, get in a Bible reading plan. I mean, just yeah. find a Bible reading plan and get into you. You version is fantastic. You can read through books of the Bible. You can pick one of their plans on forgiveness or anger or discipleship. There's hundreds of them. They're fantastic. And it's, it's, I mean, it makes, how can we not do it? They make it so simple. Pastor, do you, as you're explaining it, could you, uh, what version a lot of people might be wondering, what yeah, version do I read? Absolutely. Find a version that's easy to read. And I would, you know, we use the Holman Christian Standard, and uh, it's it's a good version, great translation. Uh, the New American Standard, the NIV, those are fantastic versions. The King James is great. The New King James is great. Find one that you like. The, I'll be honest, the reason I went to the Holman, or the Christian Standard version, that's what's called now, the uh, CSV is because Lifeway, which we use a lot of their curriculum, they they did their own translation. Uh, and I knew some of the guys involved in the translation work, and they are fantastic guys I trust. And uh, You introduced me to one of them, and yeah. you're right. As soon as I actually uh, met somebody who yeah. actually did part of translation, yeah. it, it meant something I wouldn't know. Oh, that's Sorry. really powerful. Yeah. And so so I use that one, and they're, they're all very, very good. Just realize each each group, big group of men and women who do the translations, they have a goal in mind, and it has to do with how they approach the original text, either uh, either meaning for meaning or word for word. And it's and then there's dynamic equivalence that they talk about that. So, you know, I, I give you examples, but that's not the purpose of this. But uh, those are good translations. But But get into the word, dig into it. And as you're reading it, do this, do this. Ask, ask the question. What is God saying to me in this? And then, and then what do I now know about God that I didn't know about God? And then uh, what is God wanting me, how is God wanting me to apply this today? Whether it's a sin to confess, uh, a person to go talk to, uh, a thought to have. Uh, I mean, and, and I'm telling you, God will start speaking to you like crazy when you start asking those questions. Pray for hunger. Yes, you know, um, for me, uh, the, not, not, the, there's crazy little little things. Now, th- this is kind of funny. Yeah. If you're old, uh, and what I mean by that, I'm 48, and about two or three years ago, um, I was struggling to read the Bible, mm-hmm. and what I found out was I needed larger print. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, think about those little things, and and uh, I don't know. It sounds funny, but man. Uh, Pray for God to give you a hunger and a thirst Amen. for Amen. his word, because uh, there are times uh, we all get dry. Yes. And it's not God's fault. That's right. <laughs> so so we can reduce the equation right back to you. If you're struggling to read God's word, uh, the Holy Spirit hasn't stopped pounding, and God is still God, and he's perfect in every way, and you are the problem. Pray for that thirst. Pray for that hunger. That's true. Jump That's back true. in. I mean, Amen. Amen. You know, I can remember being a new believer and not knowing where to start and then reading passages of Scripture, and I just get confused on what the world is talking about. And so do take advantage of good, godly teachers around you 
Uh, Glenn Meadows is full of great teachers who would love to just sit down with you and just show you and point you to some passages that are kind of the the lower hanging fruit that you can just grow on, you know, starting, starting in the book of Leviticus is you can get a lot out of it, but you kind of need to know some background. Well, you you cracked open the question. So I know we got to go, but I got to ask the question that that a lot of new believers ask that. Where do I start? Yeah, Uh, man, I, I, I would just say, just start. I mean, just start. There's, uh, you know, the book of John, the gospel of Mark is always a great place. Uh, just right into the gospel. Um, the book of Acts will tell you the story. Uh, you can start in Genesis. Um, but if, if you're new to the Bible, I, I just start reading the book of Mark, the, the book of John, uh, read a gospel, and then get with a, just someone who's a teacher. Find someone. In fact, we've got all kinds of one-on-one discipleship. we got Sunday school classes you can go to, life groups you can get involved in, and, and you're not going to go wrong. No. Love you guys. All right. Have a great day. Bye.